hear the word of God as it is found in the Acts of the Apostles, the third chapter, beginning to read at the first verse. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at that gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of those who entered the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him with John and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention upon them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but I give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong And leaping up, he stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. And amen. Seldom, if ever, do we have the ability to plan the great events in our lives. Those events that turn us around, those moments that gain a place of eternity in the memories of our spirits, they usually are not planned by us. They, they just more or less happen. Take this particular history of Bible as found in the third chapter of Acts. Peter, John, the lame man, no one of them planned for that particular event which was momentous in their own lives. I'm sure if you would ask Peter to allow you to look into his scrapbook of activities, you will find that the big events in his life were ones like the day Jesus changed his name from Simon to the Rock, or like the time that Jesus took Peter along with others up to the mount for the transfiguration. Or perhaps he would have listed as one of the big moments in his life, Good Friday, you see, big moments oftentimes come in dark hours. Easter morn, that would be another memorable event. I'm sure 
he would have recorded as being one of the most important days in his life, the day when under the power of the Holy Spirit he stood at Pentecost and preached a sermon where 3,000 people were converted. And I think you'll find also that he would consider this particular event, which we find in Acts 3, as being one of the more memorable times in his own life. A time when he and John were instruments of God's Spirit, and a man was healed and allowed to walk for the first time. But you see, I don't think Peter really felt, though, that he had planned any of those events, just as you and I do not plan for the big moments in our lives or for those experiences which turn us around and which have lasting effects upon our destinies. Now, usually the most important moments of our lives, which we never realize until later, happen not on our way to a particular destination, but usually happen by the way as we are on the way. That's a principle of life. We need to be reminded of it. Jesus tries to do so when he tells us in one of his parables about that farmer who one day was out plowing. The field that he was plowing was not his own. He was a tenant farmer, but as he plowed, the plow struck a hard substance, which he thought was a rock. But on closer observation, he found that it was the lid to a treasure. And when he opened the lid, he found priceless jewels. The point of it is, the man was on the way to doing a job of plowing. But by the way, he found a treasure which changed his whole life around. That principle has also been taught and caught by Horace Wopel, who wrote The Three Princes of Serendip. It's a story, a fairy tale about three men who, in looking for specific things, always in the process found enjoyable things by the way. So consequently, we have from that story a word in our English language, serendipity, which means looking for one thing, but as we do so, we find other enjoyable things for which we have not been looking. These men were on the way to worship, but by the way, as they were on their way, they became involved in an experience planned by God that had a resounding effect upon their own ministry and upon a man, a lame man who looked back upon that day as the most important day of his life because it was on that day that he walked for the first time. See how it happens? And though you and I don't have much to do about the planning of the great days in our lives, we can help God bring them to fruition by being prepared for the plans that God has for you and me. You see, that's the marvelous thing about Acts 3. When Peter and John 
And that lame man got up that day. They didn't know it was going to be the greatest day in their lives. But they were prepared. And being prepared is how we help God fulfill the plan. That had planned for this lame man to be healed. We don't know how many other days God had prepared the way for this man to be healed and hoped and planned that that would be the day. I submit to you the idea that it was this day because Peter and John were prepared for things that happened, by the way, on the way to something else. We see in Acts 3, I think, three things that help us to be prepared. One, preparation comes through expectation. Expectation. There's one thing that all parties concerned believed in. Expectation. Peter and John had just come from the experience of Pentecost. And if Pentecost teaches anybody anything, it is simply that God works in the unexpected ways. They had learned to expect God in unexpected ways. And ever since Pentecost, they learned a lesson that some of us still have to learn, and that is that God sometimes works by the wayside on our way to doing different things. The man himself, we don't know if he was a believer, I'm sure he was after that day, but up to that day, we do know, though, he was one who expected things to happen. He was lame from his birth. Every day he was carried to the gate beautiful, and he did that because he had to. That's the way he made his living. And he went there begging, expecting to receive gifts from people. And I doubt very much whether there were many nights that we went home disappointed because he had built his philosophy on the idea of expecting things from people. So when you had this man who expected something to happen and you had Peter and John who expected God to work in their lives Something's going to happen, and it did. You can almost see James and or John and Peter coming to church. Peter was a typical preacher. I think he was late for most every appointment. You can probably see it two minutes to three, them coming down the street, John pushing Peter, trying to get him there on time. And we see these men who, be since Pentecost, had a skip in their step, a twinkle in their eye, a smile on their face, and expectancy in their hearts. And the man, born blind, he saw them too. Now please, use your imagination. This is not the first time Peter and John went to the gate, beautiful, on their way to worship. Now they had been there many times before. And please remember, this lame man had been carried daily to that place to ask for alms. That on this particular day, they met, both of them having a sense of expectation. 
Peter and John in the power of God and this man in the power that comes from expecting things from people. And their eyes met. And it says that this man looked at Peter and John expecting to receive something from them. They had great expectations. To me, one of the great weaknesses in the church today is that we don't expect God to do great things. I wonder how many of you came here today really expecting something great to happen in somebody's life. No. Time after time we come in through the church doors, we travel the same route, we're on the way to worship. And how many of us leave home, and that's where it begins, expecting that on the way or by the way, God is going to speak and do something mighty that is so important that it's going to change somebody's life some way. That's the trouble. Peter and John had been coming to church regularly. But without that spirit of expectancy, nothing really happened. It was only on the day when they expected something to happen and somebody else expected something to happen that something did happen. We're prepared to fulfill the plan of God when you and I have in preparation a sense of expectation. But that's not enough. We have it when we add to that concentration. You see, this is a very intense moment. Peter, John, the layman, they concentrated on one another. Peter said, look at us. Imagine it. He had the audacity to say, look at us. He knew, you see, that he was an instrument of God, as does any person who understands the meaning of Pentecost, knows that the Spirit of God resides in him or her. Peter knew that. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. He knew that God was working through him. He expected God to work through him. So he said to the layman, look at us. And it says here in the one particular verse, that the lame man fixed his eyes upon them. A very intense moment. There was concentration. Peter in saying, Looking, look at us, he was saying, we give you our attention, we give you our interest, we give you our best. At the present moment, you are the only person that is important to us. And the lame man caught that. And he concentrated and fixed his eyes upon these men who had been with Jesus and who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And a miracle happened. That's when miracles take place. When you and I know that we are filled with the Spirit of God, when we concentrate upon Jesus and concentrate on people one at a time, both Peter and John had not seen that man that day, do you realize? No miracle. 
the man would have remained lame for at least another day or another period in time. This took place not only because there was expectation, but because there was concentration and that man felt that somebody was concerned about him. And you know, when we get concerned about people, they know it. And when we concentrate in on their particular problems and we say to them, we can help you, miracles happen. And great experiences come not only to them, but come to us. I made reference a few minutes ago to what Bethel Bible means to this particular church. We haven't talked too much about it recently. I hope that there are going to be some more classes available for those of you who have joined the church or missed Bethel in these first 13 classes. But I want to say as a testimony on my part that I feel that's one of the things that God used to turn this church around. I know in my own particular spiritual scrapbook, Bethel will always be there in my memory as being the one experience that changed my ministry radically from one that had been concentrating on crises to one that now I hope is being built upon the idea of preparation and constructive ministry. The secret, though, to all of this has come through the concentration that many of us have given to the Word of God. We call it commitment, but commitment comes as a result of concentration. I know it almost put me into the hospital, and some of you too, when week after week for those 59 weeks we met together, studying, taking time from other things that we thought were of priority to study the Word of God. I saw some of you have your lives changed. I saw conversions. I saw people who will never be the same simply because what has happened by concentrating on the Word of God. The same thing happens when people who know the Word of God begin to concentrate on other people. That's called evangelism. And though God uses people like Billy Graham and Oral Roberts and some of these other mass evangelists, believe me, he uses you and me when we have one eye on God knowing what he can do and is doing through us and when we have one eye on people concentrating on them so that they feel important and know they can be helped. It's exactly what happened that day. And a man's life was changed and the ministry of Peter and John would not be the same because God's will was done, his plan was fulfilled through people who were prepared with expectation and concentration and that third ingredient, adaptation. That's what it takes. Being adaptable to the will of God. These men were on their way to church. And I want to tell you, if they hadn't have been there at three o'clock, the preacher had been like me, he'd have given them a dirty look when they came in the door. They were late. But they were late for a good reason, and the reason was that they were adaptable to the plan of God. 
These men were on their way to worship. Now please notice carefully, you who seem to be so adaptable when it comes to getting out of worship, please notice they didn't give up worship, they just got there a little bit late. And not only that, they brought the lame man who had been healed with them and turned that prayer meeting into a praise meeting. You see how it affects other people when we can be used on our way when we adapt our program to go out of our way to help somebody by the way. It takes adaptability. And adaptability, you see, isn't as difficult as some of us would like to make it. We do what we want to do. And we are more adaptable to the things of the Spirit than we think we are. I read about a newspaper reporter who was to interview a marksman who was reputedly the most accurate, unbelievable marksman this world has ever known. And when the reporter arrived at this man's estate, he found hanging from the trees and the fence posts and the bushes targets. And every one of them had a bullet hole right in the center, the bullseye. And with great amazement and with admiration, he said to the marksman, How do you do it? What is the secret to your amazing skill? He says, It's easy. All I do is shoot the bullet and then I draw the target around the bullet hole. That's the best description of adaptability that I know. The problem is... You and I don't always like to draw the circles around the target. I wonder how many plans God did not get to fulfill today because on our way to worship we had not the spirit of expectation, concentration, or adaptation. In a few minutes we're all going to leave this place and we're going to be on the way to some other responsibility today, this week. It'll be at work, it'll be at home, maybe even be in this church. On your way, people, please. Remember that some of the great experiences in life happen by the way. And when you are prepared, expecting God to work, concentrating on people through whom God is speaking, using you, and are willing to adapt your plan to serve God, my, wonderful things are going to happen. And by the way, God has great things in store for each one of us. Amen. Father, help us to be sensitive to your leading. Father, we know you're working through us. Help us to help you to work through us. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.